What's going on, podcast listeners? Back again for Ride Home Sports Talk is your man, T. Brown. Thursday, September 5th has arrived. Why is am I why am I so hyped? I'll tell you why I'm so hyped. I'm so hyped because tonight real football is back on television. Back on television. Yes. We have had to deal with awkward conversations, weird subject matter in our respective social lives for far too long. It is now time to just strictly talk. Did you see that play? Did you see what Patrick Mahomes did? Man, how many yards did? It's time for us to always talk about one thing now, football. I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm chilling out. I'm too high, but I need, to, I, need to, I need to scale it back a few notches. But here we go. We're going to talk about a little football today. Tonight, the Bears and the Packers open up the 100th NFL season. Since its inception as a league, we begin league one, season 100. The coolest thing I've ever seen in my life is being able to say I saw the 75 and the 100th seasons of the NFL. Very cool. I'm pretty sure the NFL is going to be lining up all kinds of cool little stuff to do. Cool player acknowledgments. The shows on NFL Network are looking very interesting, so it's worth tuning in for all of that. But we're going to start with a little headline news that just came across my desk at about noon, I'd say. Now, look, Antonio Brown. Okay, look, look, look. I don't want to make too much of today's podcast about this guy because I've talked about him quite a bit. I've shined a positive light and a not-so-positive light on one Antonio Brown. Uh, I think I'm I'm still sticking to my guns that this man is a diva, but now I think I'm ready to take it to another level, and I'm just going to be like the Browns GM and come straight out with it. I'm going to come straight out with it, yo. Antonio Brown has early stages of CTE, possibly. Now, I don't say this to be funny. I don't say this to make a comedian scenario out of it because it's truly not. Uh, The game is violent. The game has its consequences over the long term of an NFL athlete. And Antonio Brown is no exception. If we remember, not too long ago in the playoffs, Antonio Brown took a vicious hit by Vontez Burfecht of the Cincinnati Bengals that knocked him out of the game, knocked him out of the playoffs at that point. And uh, in my honest perspective, dude ain't been right since that hit. Uh, he's been very, his behavior has been very awkward. Um, he's said some things and, and, and used social media in very immature, high schoolish ways. And his mind just might not be right. And that may be the reason for that. Because he just hasn't made good decisions. He hasn't said anything. And... Before all of that, he just stuck to his guns, was quietly taking over the league as one of the most elite wide receivers. You never heard him say a bad thing about his quarterback. He never questioned his coaching or his coach's decisions or anything like that. He was looking as if he was the player that Pittsburgh were looking to stay a stealer for years to come. So you don't move a guy like that unless you begin to see him become a problem child. And I think that's what happened. Ultimately, when Antonio Brown, he became a problem child. And every time he is in the news, 
every time his name has popped up in the news unfavorably, I want to think that the Pittsburgh Steelers ownership and front office has grinned just a little because they're so thankful they don't have this guy as the headache. They predicted possibly within their own walls that he might be and look at where he is now, turning the Oakland Raiders who don't need any help being turned into a diva of a team because they already are that in most cases and over the over the grandness that we've known the Raiders to be they don't need no drama or no unsavor unfavorable storylines any more than they already get them but here's Antonio Brown in a Raiders emblem acting a darn fool once more the latest issue I'm talking about I'm not talking about the helmet I'm not talking about the frostbite feet none of that stuff that was all last month now we have graduated per se into more and more epic transgressions by Antonio Brown and now I think the Raiders might have just kind of had it I don't know what their next play is going to be but let me update y'all on what happened according to NFL sources today uh, Antonio Brown last two days uh, received a fine directly from his organization the Raiders for his behavior for missing practices for grieving against the helmet for all of these different things that has kept him out of practice the Raiders went ahead and said man look you here's a fine per the collective bargaining agreement league-wide you broke a rule that is in that CBA so we hereby fine you an amount of which I want to say close to 54 grand for the missing of practices and for all of the shenanigans pretty much that he put the Raiders through through the month of August and through preseason. So this guy decides to take social media with a photo of that letter. You know, Mayock, Mike Mayock, the general manager of the Raiders, great football mind as we've known him around the NFL draft. He's like the NFL Network's personal uh, Steve Mel Kuyper, pretty much. He's the, the NFL's version of that, the NFL Network's version of that. And he was acquired by the Raiders to be their general manager. So the man knows football. He knows football players. So every decision that he made with his name on it was made in the sense of football. So if Mike Mayock goes and gets Antonio Brown and makes moves to make that happen, Mike Mayock values you as a football player, as a person. So I would imagine that when he passed this letter on to you professionally and respectfully, you were going to be a professional. Antonio Brown was far from a professional by posting the, the, that amount, by posting that letter so the world can see it all over social media, plastering it all over the internet so that we could talk about it and make a story out of it to further be a distraction to the Raiders going into week one. Now, you were not only were a distraction during the preseason, so the team couldn't quite get right there. Now you want to threaten the, 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 the concentration we need to be on as a team going into week one, Monday night, against the Broncos. Now you want to go ahead and say, what? Uh, you're going to, I believe the exact wordage on his tweet and post were that my own team is trying to hate on me. To some effect of that, the devil is a lie. I'm going to show you guys what time it is, pretty much, in so many words. I'm paraphrasing it, but that's pretty much the message I got. And so Mayock 
was extremely offended and taken aback by this, I'm sure. I would have been if it was me. And I'm the general manager and I busted my tail to bring you here and I stood by you and all of your shenanigans through preseason, through all of the issues you brought to the table, through all of the distractions you were for my franchise, and yet you're going to do this to me now? Okay, look, it's getting serious, and we need to have a discussion about this. And so Mike Mayock found him on the field, the practice field today, and wanted to have a discussion about it. That discussion turned into a screaming match between two grown men, and sources are revealing that Antonio Brown said he would punch Mike Mayock in the face, a and B took a football, punted it in anger, and then told Mayock, find me for that, and stormed away. Um, this guy is a head case. He's a diva. When he puts himself together properly and professionally, he can be a great wide receiver for someone. But the Raiders knew he was a little bit of a head case. They seem to be getting every teaspoon of that head case prior to the regular season. And I don't know how this bodes for the Oakland Raiders at the wide receiver position. Because I know so many people out there drafted Antonio Brown, anticipating that he might be a steal at his draft position. Uh, so many Raiders fans are anticipating that Antonio Brown will be able to contribute heavily to the Raiders' success on offense, but in light of these recent events, I don't know if that's possible right now. So the Raiders organization is discussing a legitimate suspension for him. This dude might even be on the field in a few more nights, and they could use his services. But yet he has gone too far, and a legitimate suspension might be in order for him, and it might even be handed down as we're recording this podcast as I drive down the I-10 on the way home. Um... I don't know, man. I don't really know exactly why this guy has reached these points. But one theory I might have, and somebody even made a joke posting about it, and I was like, that actually might legit be what's wrong with him, that the early stages of CTE and a serious brain head injury might have occurred in Antonio Brown, and that last good hit he took by Vontez Burfick may have just opened the floodgates of insanity for this man. And I hope and pray for the best for him because he seems to be going through something internally and he needs to address that for his own sake. Not financially, not as just a football player because to, to, to many he's just that and that's it. But I want to address Antonio Brown as a human being. Brother, get yourself together. Like you're in a phenomenal position so many players would love to be in your shoes. Uh, and, if, and if the game is taking its toll on you, be honest with yourself and step away from it, either in the short-term or possibly the long-term requirement that you need to get yourself together. It's only right. Like It, it, it gets to a point where you, become to be, you get worried about somebody. You're worried that they're going to harm themselves further because things have just taken a violent left or right turn on their path to success. And nobody has any answers for it other than Antonio Brown. So he needs to get himself together. Hopefully he sets himself up on a path to do just that. But in other news, tonight the Bears and the Packers engage in real football. Uh, let's, let's talk more about that. A lot of things uh, to watch for tonight. 
if we're paying attention, a lot of things to watch for tonight will be going on in the Bears-Packers game. Um, I thought the rain was going to be a factor in this game. It appears that it is not. The game will be taking place in Chicago at Soldier Field. So that gives the defense a little bit of some home love against a Packers offense who, mind you, has not taken the field in preseason one bit, Aaron Rodgers. Now, Aaron Rodgers is an athlete, is a pro, is elite. But that's the kind of thing you do when you have the same coach. When you got a brand new coach out there and you two need to get in, in, in the same mindset in game speed, you might want to get out there for at least the last preseason game. Aaron Rodgers made no preseason appearances uh, other than looking like a cowboy or other than looking like somebody you, that you know famous with a handlebar badge. Other than looking like Magnum P.I. as quarterback, Aaron Rodgers really didn't accomplish very much in the preseason. You've got a brand new head coach. LaFleur has taken the helm at Green Bay. Young offensive mind taken over with a young offensive mind. Are these two going to be able to work together? Or are these two going to be clashing all of the time? And so to get a sense of that, if that happens right away or not, is huge because... You don't really want to figure each other out while Khalil Mack is bearing down on you and your offensive line. You don't want to get confused <laughs> with your play calling or Aaron Rodgers wants to make one move and LaFleur wants to recommend another and those two aren't on the same page and you've got the elite of the Chicago Bear defense busting through gaps to get you guys to figure it out a lot sooner on the road, mind you. It's, it's a recipe for disaster if anybody's paying attention to that. So um, I'm taking the Bears. Vegas is giving the Bears three or giving the Green Bay three points, favoring the Bears by three points. I'm taking them three points if I'm a betting man because I just don't see Green Bay being able to do what they did last time we did this. And last time we did this, we were in Green Bay and the game was still close. I think the Bears have kept that game fresh in their mind. I think the Bears want to cement themselves on defense as the team to fear. Like the monsters of the midway type fear. They want to strike that immediately into their division. And punching Aaron Rodgers directly in the nose, mouth, and throat first game of the year will do that for them. And they are looking to get after him and get after him often. And maybe Aaron Rodgers was being held out for health purposes, but that ain't good either. That ain't any better than Carson Wentz sitting out the entire preseason and not playing a snap to see if Carson Wentz can move around and handle oncoming pressure and quarterback hurries or any of that stuff. Is he healthy enough to deal with that? Like, you want to make sure that your marquee quarterback, your starting quarterback, your franchise quarterback can get himself out of trouble before week one. At least that's my recommendation. But I'm just me. It's just my opinion. You want to throw him out there to the fishes, go right on the head, but I'm going at but I'm putting that defense in and, and letting that defense sound off on them. You see a you see a hole, go get that guy. The regular season has begun. We're not playing half speed anymore. We're not trying to 
let these guys figure out what we're doing on defense. We're just going after you and getting you off the field so our team can have more chances to score. So that's going to be something worth watching, that Packers offense versus the Bears defense matchup. Then a couple of players might be what I want to see as well. If we transition over to Chicago, there's a young running back by the name of David Montgomery who I who are there just goo goo gaga for in Chicago and in the front office. And Nagy is just all over this kid. He's the next problem running the ball for us that we've been waiting for. So you get him and you get Tariq Cohen moving the ball for you on offense, plus another year of Trubisky to see if he's legit what we've been looking for. And then all of those little offensive pieces, plus Nagy's ability to be very, very handy with the playbook in ways the defense necessarily can't diagnose right away. It's going to be exciting to see that matchup. The Bears' offense. Can the Bears' offense turn the corner and get some things done with everything new that they've got? They got Mike Davis running the ball. You got David Montgomery, the rookie, running the ball. And then you got the human joystick, Tariq Cohen, out there running around and, and, and catching, ball, catching passes out the backfield. Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller as their wide receivers. Trey Burton tied in. You know, Chicago can make some noise if they really want to, but there's only one way to make some noise, and that's go and that's to go right on ahead and make it. So, can they do it? Can they not? Who knows? Ha ha! Clinton Dix found somehow found his way on the Bears defense. So there's more moving parts to this Bears defense. We want to take a microscopic look at to see. Hey, it's it, it's Fenton, Vic Fangio. Their defensive coordinator from last year took the Denver job. And so they've hired Chuck Pagano to take his place. Will that defense be as fearful as the one Fangio created last year? The players are the same, and some have joined the team to make it more efficient and possibly better in certain areas. But will it ultimately get the job done for everybody else on the field? And will it get Aaron Rodgers in the hot spot? more times than often we're going to see that in just a short few hours because i'm excited to see some football everybody on the planet is excited to see a little nfl football and uh these questions will be answered shortly uh going into the weekend uh football's in full swing in college as well and i didn't really get to make a couple of uh, i made a couple of picks in college um one game i want to highlight a couple of games i want to go after I'm thinking of LSU and at Texas. You got a number six LSU team who they are swearing is a title contender. And then you've got number nine ranked Texas at home in the first fairly large game of the season for that team. Uh, They're favoring LSU. Back in my mind, I'm taking Texas, man. And I don't know the score, but they're giving Mm -hmm. Texas six and a half at home. I'm going to take that six and a half at home with Texas because a a reliable source of mine told me, hey, watch out for the University of Texas in a few years. Those guys are going to be making some noise. And for them, in a few years, fast forward to right now, a few years, and they're ranked top 10? Yeah. I'm going to go after Texas. I think Texas has a chance to make this a close game, if not winning the game. So that six and a half point spread... I'm going to take the points on that one. I'm going to take the points. Um, another game I looked at was your, your, your basic, easy-to-call game, Ohio State at home versus Cincinnati. Now, look, it may be kind of a 
home game for Cincinnati. It's a short drive for the Cincinnati University of Cincinnati fans. But let me be clear. Ohio State at rank number five looked as bit as good as anybody else in the top five. They should practically mow over Cincinnati. They're favored by what I believe is, uh, I think, 16 and a half if, by the last look of it. I think they're going to cover every bit of that 16 and a half. Ohio State takes that game. Another one I saw that's big, going to be on TV. It looked like it was Texas A&M, ranked 12, I believe, versus the number one ranked team in the country, and that's Clemson. Last year's national champions. Hey, look, Clemson and Alabama have risen to the occasion as the two most feared college football programs. I'm a huge fan of Dabo Sweeney. I like that dude's energy. I like how passionate he talks about his players. I like how passionate he is for the game of football, how down to earth he seems to be with every single player that he knows. Dabo's been sending NFL products from Clemson regularly since he showed up there, and they've extended him long-term to be the head coach at Clemson. And Clemson's going to be turning out juggernaut teams for a run of the national title, just like Alabama every year. But here we are, faced early in the season with their first kind of test. Their first ranked opponent is Texas A&M. And hey, it's Texas A&M. They may not be a game. They may be not a team to mess around with. And uh, Clemson didn't look as crisp as we would have liked them to be last week. But make no mistake, I think they know that. I think they know, hey, we didn't play our best. We should have. Let's Everybody's going to be paying attention to what we're doing this week. Let's go out there and let the world know that number one ranking that we have, we are looking to try and keep that. So they're going to be looking to try to put some damage to Texas A&M, and I stand behind them on that. I, I see Clemson covering the spread, winning that game uh, by a larger margin than predicted. Um, Cal versus number 14, Washington. It's a no-brainer. I'm going with Washington. Washington looks good. Uh, they're ranked 14. They shouldn't be surprised by anything Cal brings to the table. It's Pac-12. Who knows? But I put my money on Washington winning that game by their point spread, which is what I believe to be two touchdowns from last time I looked. Um, another one, very interesting. Stanford... Ranked 21, I think, versus USC. This game had very early season marquee until USC's quarterback went out injured. And now they're going to insert what I believe is their true freshman into this game. On short notice, the true freshman may play well. We've seen it happen before. I'm taking Stanford. Handsome winning this game easily. Not by a large margin, but I... but. They're, they're, they're favoring USC by one and a half. Stanford's going to win by at least a touchdown. And so that's my college football stuff. It's going to be, those are the marquee games. I mean, it's not too many of those. It's only the, the second week of college football. ASU's playing Sacramento State. I see ASU taking care of business. If I'm not mistaken, Iowa's playing Rutgers. I'm, I haven't seen the line for that, and it may not have been available. I'd take Iowa regardless in that one because those are my two teams. I don't really see them running into trouble. 
thus far through those games, but stranger things have occurred. Uh, U.S. Open semifinals underway. Check it out for me. Give me an update on it. Not a big, huge tennis watcher, as I mentioned previously in my last podcast, but hey, you know, it's a major event. It's a major, it's a a tennis major and a golf major does deserve a mention. So I got to throw it in there and mention it. (laughs) But hey, you know, I'm hoping that uh, those tennis watchers out there get a great match, get a great game. I'm not even sure who's in the semifinals other than Serena. Serena has advanced to the semifinals and man, she could play still. Like, don't sleep on her. She may have may have messed her ankle up. She may have looked as if she's beatable. But make no mistake, that girl still got racket. And she will let you know that. As often as she needs to, to, to put it all out of reach. And when it's all said and done, Serena's going to be one of the greatest women's tennis players we've ever seen. And she's going to set the marker for so many women behind her, so many young women coming up behind her, so many young women of color have her as a role model, as a benchmark upon which to set their own games upon. Going to be great to see. But the NFL is underway starting tonight. Uh, Sunday, a slew of games obviously are coming on. And Monday night has two doubleheaders, Saints-Texans, and as previously mentioned before, the Broncos versus the Raiders, possibly without Antonio Brown. I'm going to bet Antonio Brown will not be available for that game, according to his latest exploits. But, hey, if somehow some agreement is made or some kind of understanding takes place between now and Monday night and he's out there, hey, he's out there. He didn't violate any NFL rules. He just cussed his own team out. How they handle that? really speaks volumes about where their season goes because uh, as mentioned before the Raiders were on hard knocks if I'm not mistaken and a lot of this Antonio Brown stuff was left out of there conveniently by the camera crews for that show so will they be (laughs) mentioning any of this stuff when you see the season take place will the Raiders bury the hatchet and get the guy out there to play because they literally don't have no other option, or do they stand their ground and let the guy know, hey, you don't make the rules around here. We're, we're, we're sick and tired of all the BS you've been throwing at us and how you've been throwing us under the bus as a team and all of that being uncalled for, and we're not going to stand for it. I wonder what the legitimate suspension Ian Rappaport of NFL.com, NFL Network, is talking about thinking that the Raiders are thinking of handing down Antonio Brown. I don't know. But make no mistake, uh, this this dude is off his rocker lately. And I'm not exactly sure how we can get him back on it, but if, if A.B. ultimately got to take some time for himself to figure out his life, to figure out what's going on with him, to maybe get a glimpse of what is wrong internally with Antonio Brown, because I think something wrong is in there. Like, he's making decisions and moves and saying things and inappropriately active and he's he's immature and doesn't seem focused and doesn't seem like he's an athlete professional like he should be. That's all that, in my opinion, but he needs to take things a lot seriously if 
you, you're going to make some money. Because according to what I read earlier today, like, if they suspend him, the guaranteed money he was a, he was on contract to get is voided. And I want to say that if you void that guarantee, you might as well void the contract. And the guy might not even be a Raider. And it just seems like the Raiders ultimately gave away a third and a fifth round pick in, in exchange for him and they don't even have his services available and that would be a travesty but it's 50-50 looking like the scenario right now for the Raiders tune in tomorrow we're going to dive into some more football we're going to talk about the results of last night's game I'm going to try to be better with my podcast game now that football has returned to its regularly scheduled programming so we're going to talk about that Bears-Packers game. My two cents on the ins and outs of what happened. You know, my fantasy perspective on that game and my fantasy football perspective going into Sunday. You know, the, the stardom and sit kind of thing kind of becomes what do we do? It's like, it's like the conundrum of the weekend prior to Sunday if you play fantasy football whatsoever. But I'm going to get into mine. Uh, I've got a couple written down or a couple off top I'd like to discuss, but I'll have those ready for y'all tomorrow and and possibly Saturday. We'll add a few extras. And then we'll get ready for college football on Saturday. We'll get ready for for football on Sunday. And F1 is back as well. There are three races, three more races to take place this month. Uh, Tomorrow, maybe I'll talk about the last race. I think I'll throw that in there. Last race in the Belgian GP. Uh, Many things took place. Uh, Rest in peace to the F2 driver lost in the F2 race the afternoon after qualifying. Uh, Real quick before I close the show out, Antoine Hobert, one of the French drivers, young French drivers, 22 years old, was horrifically killed in a crash uh, while racing in the Belgian Grand Prix F2. Um, once again, when these types of things happen, uh, we, we jump on the safety topic. The FIA needs to do more for safety. The FIA needs to do more to keep drivers safe and all of this talk. You know, they, there's only so much you can do when motorsport is your race of choice. Uh, when you are putting your body on the line for the sake of entertainment, I mean, a lot of things can take place bad or good in that scenario and it reared its ugly head one last time when Antoine Hobert was horribly taken his life was horribly taken in that crash um and you know it it makes you think It, it puts a lot into perspective and so when that happened it practically overshadowed the results of any race that weekend racing became second to life life became more important and uh, with that being said, it was a great F1 race. Uh, ultimately, Charles Leclerc of Ferrari held off a charge by Lewis Hamilton in the 44-lap Belgian Grand Prix and ended up taking his first victory. But Charles Leclerc grew up with Hobert. You know, he, was, he wasn't French, but he was part of the Young Frenchman Racing Academy that Pierre Gasly was a part of, another young driver on tour also who made it to F1. He he drove with, as mentioned before, Charles Leclerc. Uh, he's from Monaco, but Charles Leclerc 
made his way up the ranks in F1 and ultimately landed the dream gig of driving for Ferrari, the, the historically important constructor of Formula One racing. Um, he also raced with Esteban Ocon, who lost his seat last season, or lost his seat into this season for Racing Point Force India, but has acquired the next seat uh, for Renault next year. All of these drivers were young, in karting, came over the academy, knew each other's parents. So it hit particularly hard at home for those drivers, as well as every racing driver in the sport, in any major racing sports. When something like this happens, when we lose a life on track, a lot of things get put into perspective. And this particular incident was no different. It seemed like everything else in the world was second nature and they just went ahead and canceled the race respectively after, respectfully after all and it's just one of those things where it's just it's a dangerous violent sport and in the blink of an eye it can change everybody's outlook on it like how important is you know all of these goals we try to reach as a team if ultimately our life is sacrificed on behalf of it so it really was a was an unfortunate incident that just made made the racing weekend. It just cast a shadow over it, and it might kind of still be lingering into this weekend. But if anybody would know that guy Antoine Aubert, it would they would know that he would want it to continue. These these kids put it all together to to live out their dreams, and it was his dream to race, and if ultimately one day make it to Formula One. And all things, all suggestions, according to his team, according to his junior academy, said he was pointed right in that direction, just like his friends that made it. The Pierre Gasly's, the Ocon's, the Leclerc's that made it in. Holbert might have been next in a few years, but unfortunately his life was taken on track. But he lived, living his dream. And so that's just a reminder for all of us to do that. Like, it doesn't matter what's out there for you. You got to live your dream. It was that kid's dream. It probably wasn't his dream to perish at the hands of his dream. But I'm very certain that if you ask anybody if the, how, they'd have, how they would want to go, they would want to go doing something that they love. And so in my heart, I want to believe that that's where he was when he was taken from his family, taken from... You know, those that cared about him, taken from the racing world, who all those who looked to him to make the next step, all those interested in his career, looking at him to make the next step, knew that he was doing what he loved. And so that may bring some comfort into it at the end of the day. Thanks for tuning in one more time. I just had to throw that in there real quick. I know it was a somber ending to, to it, but I had to shed some light on that. I had to show some love. To number 19, Antoine Hobert. May he rest in peace. May his may the dream still alive. Keep racing, y'all. Keep racing. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow with more sports talk. Shaman T Brown, ride home sports talk. Stay cool. Enjoy tonight's game. I'm out. Take care.